Welcome to New Type Flash. This is a podcast where every other week we come to you with Gundam Universal Century in a more or less chronological order. This week we're coming to you with Gundam Zeta, episode 34, The Call of Darkness. We have with us this week, Scotty P. Yeah, more or less chronological. And Luke. Nice days, it won't be chronological. It's never really chronological. We can, when, you can, when you can see the tears time. of time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. When when you're just when you're one of the privileged chosen of the new types, you can see across time. You know, Lane, we'd be more chronological if your soul wasn't weighed down by gravity. <laughs> oh, uh, burn! Damn. One of these days. One of these days, I'll escape the Earth sphere. So, uh, the captain of the radish is finally going to get a date with Emma we see in the first scene of this episode yeah yeah she says hey don't don't work too hard then you won't be able to go on a date when you have a day off they don't get days off by the way <laughs> not when you're not not when you're in space yeah and emma leaves and hankin you get him like slack jawed with a thousand yard stare for like a second and a half before he finally like chuckles but he's just He's like, a minute, like, he's like, oh. I'm, I'm going to get laid. <laughs> Scotty didn't agree with that comment. I, I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe he is, maybe not. I mean, well, that's look, what he thinks. They, they've mentioned on Mars missions that they need to be very careful to not have men and women because then there'd be entirely too much sex. And if somebody gets pregnant, they don't, I mean, it's space. I don't think they know how to do that yet. Don't worry, Elon Musk will save us. <laughs> um, so the Zeta and the I don't want him to impregnate me. That's my job. Yeah, it is. <laughs> the Zeta and the Yakushiki are still damaged uh, from the last battle, but they are being repaired. Um, and then we get like a nice little quick scene of uh, of, of Wong being Wong, uh, and he says, uh, "You know." Camille is starting to become a good kid. I was right to correct him. <laughs> and uh, then he goes down to the maintenance crew and he's like, the hell is wrong with you people going too slow. Wong is intense. Um, and Camille is giving Shar a hard time for ignoring Rekua. He's, he's basically like, what are you doing? You're like, you're causing problems. She's obviously distraught. Come on. Be nice. So Camille goes to Fa and says, hey, um, Fa, can you do me a solid and go check on uh, Rekua? And uh, yeah, Rekua does a really good job, or Fa does a really good job of helping Rekua sneak out of the uh, hospital ward because that's mm. that's the smart thing to do for somebody that's injured. Yeah. And you've got Rekua too. She asked who asked Fa to come check on her. And she's like, oh, Camille. And she's like, oh. <laughs> That kid. Um, yeah. So Rekua, we get a little bit of backstory on Rekua right now. Uh, the short and short and tall of it is she was a uh, child soldier in the One Year War, and then she went on to join the AU because that's what you do. Um, and she basically says, you know, I really don't care about the AU. I just, uh, don't feel alive unless, uh, I've got that adrenaline rush from living on the edge and singing Aerosmith songs. So 
Um, so yeah, I'm going to be on, be in the war as much as I can. Uh, and then she says, it could be that I haven't met the right man to tell me what I need to do. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, oh yeah, you know, there's only two sexes, right? And I was like, yeah, I get it. Then she goes, yeah, fa, don't be the kind of woman that I am. And Fa's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know what Fa is the viewer at that point. Like, <laughs> and Rec was like, you'll know soon enough. And Fa's like, um, oh, okay, see ya. Rekua um, very clearly needs a man to guide all of her decisions and actions in life. Yeah, I really think uh, Fa. I think for a lot of viewers, is it's like your spirit guide through Zeta of like just a regular, well-adjusted person being like having to deal with these people. Yeah, it's like at first, it's like, oh man, this is cool. I'm excited. I want to be a pilot. Uh, you know, I found somebody that I have a crush on. Uh, they're kind of an asshole, though. Uh, I still want to be a pilot. Wait, I suck at being a pilot. Uh, don't want to be a pilot anymore. I'd rather just, like, take care of my family and, like, live my life. Oh, my God, what's going on around me? <laughs> that is Fa's experience up till now in Zeta. Um, but, hey, she makes a good space mom. Yeah, she's a good space mom, as Camille has told her a few times at this point. Uh, although apparently she's not making good decisions now by helping somebody sneak out. Um, yep. So <laughs> I, we see Yazan again. He is, uh, he's, he's still bare chested, maybe a little bit more than the last episode. He's just going to slightly get more and more chest hair each episode. Um, Sirocco is going to use Yazan to help bring uh, the Titans and Axis together is what we learn. Um, and once more, uh, Sirocco says, tells Sarah that no, you don't get to fight with Yazan. You guys should never be in the same room together. Fuck that. Um, yeah, and, and this is after Sirocco is like, listen, Yazan, we have to have a battle every 24 minutes so you can do what you want. Mm -hmm. Because that's what that's going to lead to. And then sure enough, they get in their humbrabies. Yep. Yeah, we haven't had Jared for a few episodes really, so Yazan's really fulfilling like the the jared need to launch every five minutes yeah uh now the the hum when they launch you see that the humbrabies are carrying something that they normally don't it's like some kind of red box and you go oh i wonder what it is so then it cuts to the argument yep so um wong is complaining that bright was helping with the repairs on the uh Argama and you know um and Char kind of backs Bright up and he's like, listen, you know, the lack of clear organization has really helped the Argama be what it is. Like us, you know, kind of doing things ad hoc and being is, is leading to the success, not rigid military lines. I think this is another moment where the translation different, different, like the dub and the, the subtitle differed a little bit. Cause I think in the dub, he said, we're like loosely unorganized. And then um, in the, so he said something along the lines about us being flexible. Um, so it wasn't really changed the meaning a little bit, but it sounded a little bit less like we have this chaotic thing going on. Yeah. 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 Because Char even comes back with it. Like this flexibility is how they survived so many battles in the first place. And then 
he goes, well, Shar, this didn't help with Axis. And then Shar is like being a child now going, I was against that in the first place. Anyhow. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. But th- basically everybody is tired and mad and they're still arguing at this point. Um, and really what you have is that, you know, Wong's like, when are we going to catch up to the Dogo Skier and Guad? We got to, you know, so yep. you can't, can't have the, uh, them form an alliance. And Bright's like, we are beat up. We're going to the La and Rose to yep. resupply. And is this the first time we've seen the Livian Rose outside of 0083? Yeah. Yep. And we only see it very briefly. So, um, yeah, they... Gotta go get the stamen and the dendrobium (laughs) so they can stop the colony. Yeah. So uh, they're going to go ahead to the Livian Rose for repairs, and Wong is annoyed about this fact, but he's basically overruled. Um, Yeah. And, uh, you know, Wong, while they're still arguing, says that they have to make the impossible possible. And then Bright slams his fist and says, yeah, normally we can, but we don't have Moolah Flaga. No, sorry. Uh, no, he says not in this condition. And then Wong actually growls back. Urgh. And then Torres is finally just like, guys, we have to have a battle every episode. The battle's flying towards us. <laughs> yeah, it's happening. Yep. More toys to sell. <laughs> so Reko wants to launch, but um, Shar is trying to stop her from launching since she's still injured and moody. Um, and she tells Shar to to beg her to stay. Essentially, she's like, she's like, tell me, I have a reason to stay here, my love. And he's like, huh? Why would I do that? I thought she said something along the lines of like, you've never done anything for me before, right? or like never tried to stop me before. Why? Are you, like, why are you suddenly? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I didn't give the. She, she was basically telling him like, "Give me a reason to stay. Tell me why I should be here." And he was like, "Why would it do that?" Well, so what it is is, Shar is trying to tell her to go back because she's still injured. Mm-hmm. And what she says to him is that you have not given me a reason yet to return to that lonely room. As in, she does not consider that to be a reason, but she's leaving the door open for him to give her his dick, which is the reason she wants to go back there or would want to. Go she back wants there. to return to a different room, his room, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then she ends up leaving for the hangar, and he's like, "What does she want me to do? What could she possibly want from me?" I don't get it. This is this is his sociopathic nature coming out a little bit again because he's probably already boned her, and, and now that she's actually like interested in him, he's like, "What do I do?" Yeah, I don't I don't like her anymore. Yeah, this is this is not ideal. Um. So. Yeah, so Yazan launches some mobile uh, decoy mobile suits. So we we saw um, the the Argama launch some little fake asteroids in the last episodes. And I think we've seen that in a handful of other series and shows before. But yeah, they they launch these little dirigible mobile suits um, in space, and um, Camille and everybody launches. Uh, Requa takes the Methus again. Um, and Rekoa, while she's out in space, she, she mentions that she feels like she's being called by someone. Um, so she's, she's losing it. Yeah. And she's fighting Ramses and starts to completely just space out. Yeah. 
like he's, he's going to take her out. No problem. So Char has to jump in. Camille actually totally fries a dude with the mega launcher and just a quick little throwaway thing. Like, wow, everybody else has reasons to fight. Camille's just out here murdering guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. Char saves Rekka and she, when she's like spacing out, um, and, and Char's like, man, something's weird about this battle. Like, so they, they all sense something's off in this battle. There's like something going on that they're not sure about. Um, and, uh, you know, Reko is being flaky still. And then they run into these dummy Mara size, but they think they're real. Um, Bright tells Wong uh, to basically back off and threatens him, threatens to kick him off the ship at this point. Because uh, Wong is just... Wong is is exerting more and more um, influence or trying to exert more and more influence on their actions, um, as we've mentioned. And I think this is really where Bright kind of has it. And he says, like, uh, you want me to he doesn't say this exactly, but he's like, you want me to fucking like eject you out into space and you go fucking find your way somewhere else? Like, (laughs) um, yeah. And but that their argument because they're trying to get in touch with Rekoa because others have been and they can't, and she's going too far out. And so Torres is trying to reach her. And, and the implication here is that Rekoa hears their damn argument. She's finally like, okay, I'll come back children. Jeez. Yeah. Um, so Yazan and his, uh, his small detachment of suits, um, while everybody's uh, distracted by the, the fake Mara size sneaks up on the radish um, but is he, he's basically forced to engage Reko at this point. Um, and then she starts having like these weird new type flashes while she's fighting Yazan. Um, and at the same time, uh, is he doesn't see her naked yet. Does it? Does he? Are you saying, are you saying she was hearing us in her suit while she was yeah, fighting? Yeah, Yazan? She was listening to the podcast. Wow. We, we, yeah, we did see across time if that's the case. Wow, <laughs> that's really impressive. Is, is this where, like, she sees him naked or yeah, something, or is this later? Um, Yazan sees her that way, yeah. Um, uh, and it's, um, yeah, so this is so, all right, what she has all those flashes, and then you have the Ayug force who has amassed at what they think is the bigger force. Finally, like they're like, all right, let's go in for the attack. And then they shoot a Marasai balloon. They're like, yeah. Oh crap. It was a (laughs) balloon. And so then it cuts back over to, um, Requa freezing up. Yep. And Yazan shoots the arm and a leg off of the Methus. Remember the Methus is very easily repaired. Yep. And this Uh, is where he sees her naked. Yes. Yep. And he's like, I won't be fooled by illusions. Yeah, I'm one of the gays. Except, all right, all right. This is what I was talking about the other day with you guys. So this is where um, Tamino got really horny and wrote this section of the episode. So like after Yazan sees her naked and and fights fights off the the vision, <laughs> his suit, uh, the Hamrabi, um, uh, apparently has like this penis spike that comes out of the tail, so it like folds out of the back and like fully penetrates the Methus's crotch <laughs> and uh and and Rekwa apparently wanted it to happen is that's uh, what we call a good old-fashioned death digging <laughs> and and Yazad asks uh why why did it come why like he says at one point why did it come and it's like what the fuck 
what's going on here? <laughs> this was like this, this wasn't even like an illusion. Like Yahasan fucked the Methus to death. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean sometimes the episode title. Yahasan fucked the Methus to death. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you need like 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 it to be a big metaphor and you know you have to you have to like really glean the meaning out of it. And sometimes you just have to fuck a robot to death. I don't know if I'm going to put fuck in the episode title. Yeah, we'll probably get kicked off some podcatchers at that point, so maybe don't do that. But, uh, yeah, um, and Rick was just kind of, uh, can I say taking it? Yeah. Because, yeah, and and she keeps uh, asking, is it you? Is it you calling to me? It's calling, all right. Um, and then Yazan ends up just grabbing her as the Methus explodes. Yeah. Um, Yep, she like but, floats out of the um, the the cockpit, and he's like, uh, "I guess I'll catch this person." Her <laughs> thirst at this point, she's like, "Maybe in that cockpit, a man will love me." <laughs> and he's, you know, Yazan wants nothing to do with that, as we've seen from the subtext of Yazan so far. Um, but he's like, "Maybe Shiraco will like this." He maybe he's like, "Maybe if I take her to Shiraco." I can get with Shiraco. I That is <laughs> not. Wants yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so yeah, all the, but all the AU crew knows is that the Methus blew up and they can't get a hold of Rekawa. So she must be dead. Yep. And yeah, so, so bright is having to basically tell Wong to fuck off because, um, you know, Wong wants to push, push ahead push forward but bright's like no we need to like de-stress not like push the push the crew even harder because we've just lost like one of our you know you you know crewmates um and char kind of like doubles down with bright and um and wong gives in is like all right all right i'll back down um and then we see camille showing up and punching char square in the face uh it's almost reminiscent of when uh Camille punches uh, Jared in the first episode. Um, it was a nice little, nice little punch. And he, he says, uh, you should have given Reco the tip. I mean, he's, <laughs> you should have, you should have known better. <laughs> I wanted to, but she wouldn't let me. So you should have. Yep. And we learn that uh, from Char that the, the cactus is starting to bloom and they head on towards the Levy and Rose. Yeah. That was an episode. It sure it is. It's it's just a weirdly placed episode. It, it's one of those things that they had to do for the story and the wider story, and I don't think it fits anywhere else, but it doesn't fit here either. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I guess they had to get rid of Rekua. <laughs> Yeah, they gotta they gotta shove her off stage left, and then you've got other very important things that are about to happen in the story that need to happen. So we were looking at like you know planning out how are we gonna do our podcast episodes, and it was like okay, well thirty two and thirty three fit well together, thirty five, thirty six, maybe thirty seven. They all those all fit really well together. What the hell do we do with this episode? So it was just well, let's just do this one. Yep. So here we are. Yeah. Here we are. And when this episode airs, it'll be 2021. 
this episode should just be called well episode 34 <laughs> yeah. uh, it sure was yeah uh, i did watch the second movie i don't know if we want to stretch this out with me talking at people about that movie i don't know yeah, talk a little bit about it um i, I haven't rewatched it yet but it'll happen all right I'll try not to ramble too bad and go pretty quick. I mean, the movies go pretty quick anyway. And I did notice that we had actually covered the first 12 minutes of the movie on a previous episode of ours. Um, and that was actually the content from episodes 15 and 16 of the show. Um, so that's your first 12 minutes. And then you cut over to the stuff from, uh, from the next episode. And it, the front half of this movie has a lot of new animation. I would actually even say except for the content of episode 31 that they use, it's easily a majority new animation in this movie. Um, sometimes interspersed with old stuff a good bit, sometimes not. Um, but one of the ways that, in which they consolidate things, it, it actually happens pretty quickly. Um, it's some of the episode 17 content. And so, yeah, after you have like four Nami car getting onto the Sidori back in Hong Kong, by the way, sorry for the whiplash. If you just heard us talking about episode 34, back, you know, back at half of that, sorry. Um, but one of the ways in which they consolidate it is they have Hayato, like in a car with Stephanie Luo, like going down to the Aduma at the dock. And um, it's a little weird because they have uh, Stephanie showing Hayato a little clip of like, her saying like, oh, well, you know, my, my dad will cooperate with us. But they put Wong on the screen and Wong is not her dad. So, I don't know. Maybe they thought it was so, like, small. As far as you know. No, canonically. <laughs> well, okay, I see your point. Yeah. All right. Slow on the uptick on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Michelle does look completely different, so... Anyway, I guess they are, they are half siblings, but anyhow. Uh, so yeah, it's a little weird. I guess they were just like, oh, it's a gray haired guy. Just you can use some of Wong. It'll be grainy. I noticed. <clears throat> oh, well. Um, and a lot of this just really goes quick. So I mentioned we covered the first 12 minutes. It's only starting stuff that's episode 17. And then at the 14 minute mark, we start in stuff that's episode 18. You get two minutes of episode 17. And it's content, mostly boiled down into one new scene. Um, and then you immediately have Amaro and Camille and Mirai on the ship with Nugget and Hathaway and their glider and all of that stuff. Um, the only really new thing here, other than the animation, is some internal monologue for four. Uh, like when she passes Beltorchka and Amaro on the steps of the boat, Beltorchka says Amaro, so she knows it's Amaro and isn't just pondering it. Um, anyway, a lot of the next stuff is pretty similar but the scene with her and Camille in the car ends with Camille just dropping her off and she's like okay bye see you later he's like yeah see you again sometime and then drives back off there's no explosions no no battle at that point because they don't have to have one every 24 minutes cause they have one much more frequently um anyway yeah that's that's a problem like how do you condense um, all right, 50 episodes, 50 like mini battles into um, what 
five and a half hours of content, six hours of content. I mean, not even like the first two movies are only an hour and a half ish each. Okay. So four and a half hours. Yeah. Four and a half hours of content. Yeah. If we're, if we're, you know, four and a half divided by uh, 50 battles. So anyway, um, they, one of the ways in which they do this is episode 18 gets about four minutes of runtime, at least that content. We skip all of the Mirai abduction stuff, hostage situation, none of that. They don't bother with any of that. We just skip uh, right back over it. Um, one difference here is uh, when Camille goes to take that. <clears throat> mm, talking too much. Get some water. Sorry. Look at what happens. When Camille tries to get that dirt bike before he goes to C4, they have it not start. I think just so that they don't have to have him drive it later. It cuts a little bit of time. So then you got all this stuff with them in the city, which is actually mostly just cut right from the old episode. Um, old animation, all of that stuff. Uh, so you get to the point where Wooder is in the Psycho Gundam and taking it to 4. There's one notable difference here. Because there's new animation just like in the part where um, four is going to get into the psycho Gundam and Wooder's dropping it off and four while she's being all glowy and Wooder's like, you know, how are you able to do that or whatever? And she goes, well, this, because this has Saikamu by name, she mentions it in the TV show. I went back and looked at my notes and Wooder thinks to himself, Oh, she must be able to do this because the psycho Gundam connects the human will to a machine. But what they've done now is because I think when they made Zeta originally, they probably didn't have the name Saikamu invented. Yeah. Cause that doesn't show up until, um, CCA does it right. Right. Is it in double Zeta? Yeah. Double Zeta focuses on biosensor. I mean, the Zeta has a biosensor, but they don't really, Nothing happens with it until the very, very end. Um, Judo gets more into using the biosensor to kick ass. Um, and that's similar but different. Um, really similar, but also really different. And yeah, we'll get into it. Um, so, yeah, um, that's where you have all that happening. So um, that episode gets a decent amount of runtime. Uh, it is about 10 and a half minutes, almost 11. So they, they only cut that. You know, roughly in half they pretty much keep the stuff with um camille and four's like night date in hong kong completely intact nothing cut um which is you know uh, you, you gotta have that so that well i mean the the name of this movie is lovers right? oh yeah and that's how so they like this is this is the major focus of the show or of this movie i think yeah i mean it's basically like looking ahead a little bit, a third of the movie is the Camille and four stuff. You know, you got a little bit with the stuff with the Abdumla and Bill Torchka and all that at the start. And then, yeah, it really just focuses on all of this for a while. So, um, uh, yeah, you've got, you know, the, um, the brief fight with psycho Gundam, Mark two and Amaro and all that kind of plays out the same. Um, and then it cuts kind of like immediately over, you know, it's the next day at least because the, you know, it's day now and it was night. Um, but you've got it, the whole thing with the Sudori and the psycho Gundam launching from it. And for some reason, I don't know why they changed this, but remember the TV version, they run out of mobile suits and water's like, all right, I'm going to do a suicide attack. Everybody get out. It's for some reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, for some reason in the movie, I guess they go with like they never had any mobile suits or they were already gone or something. They did newly animate some of the battle before, so maybe they show like the Isaacs all getting blown up there. Um, I'm not going to go back and check. Uh, but I guess they're already out. But like as soon as the Psycho Gundam launches, he's like, well, if it fails, I'm going to do a suicide. So everybody should leave. Okay. All right, man. If you want to do the suicide, take a knife go to the bathroom or something, but no, you gotta do what you gotta do, man. So yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. You got a lot of the rest of the stuff for like episode 20 plays out roughly the same. Don't need to go back through um, uh, all of that. Um, the big difference here is that when you get all the way through, you know, the Camille info dump and Forrest cockpit and her kicking him out when he says he likes his name and all that stuff, um, Wooder shoots her when she's messing with those rocket boosters point blank in the cheek. But it doesn't mess her up too bad. It must be a really crappy gun. I mean, there's you see a little bit of blood on her face, but I mean, you shoot somebody point blank in the cheek. Like, yeah, I remember when watching the movie, I, I, I was wondering what had happened to her. It was, yeah. Yeah, I mean, in real life, that's going to... Uh, like the best outcome is your lower jaw will be completely ripped off. That's the, probably the best outcome for you. Um, but here it was like just it's, one. He, he just has a fucking BB gun. It's like one hole in one cheek. It didn't even go through the other cheek. Yeah. Crappy gun, I guess. Anyway. Um, so uh, the other thing that you get here that is not in TV is that you see Four's body flying out of the Sidori before it completely blows up. Yeah. She's very clearly dead in this, in the movie. No. What? You don't think so? She's very, no, they, this is different on purpose because they want you to see her body intact, flying away from the Sudori. Oh, this is before then, she dies. This is before and she then dies. the Sudori blows up because she doesn't come back and, and all that until like, way later in the series but in the tv show you just see she was in the sudori and then it blows up and even camille thinks she's dead well in the movie she's dead isn't she no she comes back in the movie is that in the third movie yeah oh i, I thought they i thought they completely killed her in the movie um i mean i'll have to go i mean i'm gonna watch the third movie again pretty soon so i'll see maybe they do cut all that out i, I thought that was one of the main differences and and the movies versus the show is like the whole part with which we're about to cover in, in the show doesn't happen in the movies. Oh, well, maybe it's been a while, so uh, we'll we'll find out. T TBD. I feel like they only changed that scene in the animation just to actually show her body this time, not in the plane. But um, yeah, so uh, Camille goes back to space. Um, it's a really cool scene. Uh, at the end of when he's coming back out of a low orbit. Cause remember the Argama is doing that thing where it's like backwards and coming down on the value, like in low orbit and fighting friction. And like, they have a limit of how high they can go and all that. So what they actually have is a newly animated thing with the Mark two, like firing some kind of cable thing or grabbing it and like getting really like brought in quickly onto the deck. And then you have the Argama, you see it take the value in spin around and then like full thrust jet off. And it's just, it's cool. It was cool. Um, 
so yeah, anyhow, uh, then you get to the stuff for episode 21. Uh, episode 20's content gets about, uh, let's see here, about nine or ten, about nine minutes. So the, it's focus for, for a good while on, on this stuff. Um, but this is where you get to the Dogos gear. Um, Jen, uh, uh, Shirako gives you a lot of the exposition that you are getting, about to have skipped over. Um, cause he's talking about Jamatov being in South Africa and his goal with the making all of the Federation, all the Titans, you know, like, why is he bringing this up now? You're about to find out. Um, Sarah interrupts here to say they've located the Argama and they had shown a quick shot of her before to introduce her. Um, this is how they do it here. And, um, then you also have Shirako mentioning offhand how Blex went to earth because the AUG's trying to strengthen their influence in the UN, um, battle that usually happens in episode 21 does with um, like the Zeta showing up for the first time and all that. The one thing that they insert in here is that the um, part of episode 22 where Rekua arrives in the Methus is just like weaved into this battle as well. Um, and then the end of the episode 21 content, it's a new scene. It's kind of funny. It's um, so remember when uh, Apley comes in on the Zeta, it's got like this shuttle thing on the bottom of it that Fa's in and they use it to go pick up the Mark II. Well, while Camille and Fa are in that, in the movie, um, they have this newly done scene where they're like trying to kiss, but the helmets are in the way and they know they're going to be in the way. And then they try anyhow. And it's just like, they just show you like helmets, like knocking together. And then Fa starts laughing. Like kissing with braces. Well, and then Fa starts laughing because they're failing at this. Like it's not working. Um, anyway, I, I thought it was neat. Uh, so now... Uh, that all takes for episode 21's stuff about seven minutes. Uh, and now we are going to jump into the content for episode 24. So wave goodbye to 22 and 23. They don't happen. <laughs> Not here. Um, so you're, you're at the uh, Federation Assembly in Dakar and all that. And then, not like a minute later, you have a Hyzak approaching with a white flag which is from episode 25. Uh, so then you have all the stuff with them taking Sarah onto the ship. Then we cut back to episode 24's content. We got Char and Blex in the hotel talking. And then 20 seconds later, we kept the scene whiplash intact, baby, except we're going right into the colony drop stuff from 25. With Jamaica on talking about the colony engines and stuff. Whew. I hope you took your meds for this movie because we're just bouncing all around the place. And this is why I didn't finish it. Yeah. And then you have Jared and Mawa enter. Remember them? Barely. Well, it's like the scene where they're told to go shopping, except they redid some of it and interspersed it with some of the old animation, kind of very choppily in this case. Um, and they're just basically asking Jim Icon to participate in the colony drop operation. Um, if you're a Maui fan, this movie doesn't do you much good anyway. Um, so now after at least a few minutes of not flipping back and forth, we go back to 24 again with Blex getting killed. So have all of that. There is a brand new scene right after this it is not in the show whatsoever. So obviously it's newly animated. This is a Jamitov. And it's, I think it's interesting. Um, he's gotten a 
communication. And at first he's complaining about it being on paper. And he's like, in this day and age, and they're like, yeah, but we're going to get hacksword if we didn't do it on paper. He's like, I know, I get it, fine. Um, it should have been on floppy disk. I know, right? Yeah. They, they go out of their way to replace floppies in these movies, by the way. Um, so Jamatov is getting this, and it's something that it's uh, presumed to be from Basque. And he's basically saying, oh, I just couldn't restrain these guys up here. That's why this colony's moving. Whoops. My bad. Because Basque is a nice guy. Um, but Jamatov is actually not into it. He's he He's like, does not want to be known as a mass murderer I'm getting to be too late. Um, but he says something while he's looking out of the desert, because in, in Zeta Gundam in South Africa and Dakar, um, even South Africa is now mostly desert. Like the parts of Africa, like this is the theme of environmental damage to the earth. So even though they're in South Africa, Jamitov is looking out at the desert from his like hotel room or base or wherever. And he says, uh, these militants think they can keep on living in outer space, even if it's a desert as well. So look at that characterization for Jamitov. Uh, I didn't think that was going to happen, but there it was. I thought he was just some old dude yeah. that looks sinister all the time. Yeah. Looks like a skinnier Degwin. It's a good role, Phil. Yeah. Uh, at least, he, yeah, he doesn't look like he's going to die of a heart attack. So that's good. Um so now we're kind of getting back right into the episode 25 content. Really the only stuff from 24 that is in here at all is the stuff with uh, Char and Blex. That's it. Um, check out the stuff with Sarah, um, Cot Springer, normal suit, escorting her out, all that stuff. People launching their suits. That scene where Wong is like having his conspiracy call with um, Melanie Hugh Carbine. They let you hear the end few lines of the call in the movie. Whereas in the show, you just see him like hanging up and you see the picture of Carbine in the movie. They have added a few lines and you basically have Carbine uh, saying he does not want the war to end so quickly and easily. And then Wong is saying, well, you know, Agu, we're doing our part. And then Carbine goes, I don't know if I can trust you because of your position with the AU. And then Wong goes, no, no, don't underestimate the people fighting for their lives. And then they have the the TV scene where they hang up. It looks like they've agreed on something. You go, oh, shit. Like, Wong's trying to get them into situations to escalate the conflict. Doing his little thing for his corporate overlords. Wong is not interested in ending the war. <laughs> no, he is not. Um, so, yeah, a lot of this stuff is then uh, just like the TV version. One new scene, I don't know even know why it's there, but I appreciate it. One of the Radish bridge crew in the movie suddenly has sunglasses and a pompadour. Okay, cool. Why not? Why the hell not? Um, so, yeah, you got all that stuff with Yazan, Garden of Colony, Alexandria, Cots screws up, lets Sarah out, the Gaplant versus Zeta. But then something that's different here. So we were mostly into episode 25's content. We're about the one hour mark. Well, now what we're going to do is jump to episode 30. But what we've really done is we're not jumping there. We're taking the Jared and Maua ambush from episode 30 and inserting it here into the colony drop defense battle. 
this is where it makes this sense. Yeah, makes sense. Yep. Um, so that is intercut with Emma, like putting the bombs on there and it has Camille killing Mawa and, um, there's no space magic with Jared. So he doesn't even get that this time. Um, so yeah, then, um, about an hour, three minutes, Kotz is being put in the brig. Uh, and that's finally the end of your episode, uh, 25 content, which because it is interspersed with so many other things, um, actually ends up going sorry i should have done this math beforehand um for like 15 minutes so it gets a lot of focus uh the, the failed colony drop so after this there is about a three minute scene that is also entirely new this is because um if you liked episodes um 26 through 30 you know 30 other than mawa getting killed uh they are replaced with this three minute scene that's all there is of them it's not even those episodes this is just a replacement for all of their exposition um yeah nice. and it's basically just a meeting with char henkin wong bright uh they're discussing gata zedan von brunt city's neutrality what they also have here going on, I mentioned getting rid of floppies. Bright is now on a laptop looking at the video letter he gets from Char, who's returned from being on Earth. And the movie didn't really cover him like leaving again or coming back. It's just he, how he's back. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, Bright is looking at that video from uh, Hathaway and Shaman and Mirai on a laptop. Um, they're talking about grips being moved. Um Wong brings up Axis and talks about Shirako trying to make contact. And then this is where you get into, I mentioned this in our previous podcast episode, jokingly, but uh, Wong and Henkin have like these transparency slide-like things, except they're kind of also like tablets, basically like they're floppy, but they can play video. And they start like holding them up. And they're talking to Char and Henkin's like, yeah, we don't, you know, that would be bad if the Titans meet up with. And then he like holds up this this floppy thing and it's showing the Jupitris panning shot. And he's like, they have the Jupitris, the ship that came from Jupiter. And then Wong holds up another one. And he's like, yes. And this is Axis. Char, have you been to Axis? And he's like, yes, I have. It's, it's kind of, um, hmm. it's kind of hammy anyway. Um, yeah. So this is where you have Wong ordering the argument of contact Axis. Wong, before he leaves, notice bright watching the video instead of paying attention. And Bright like closes it and he's like, I don't care. You don't have to close it. And then he leaves. It's not porn. Yeah. Um, and then they have a scene here where uh, Bright asks Henkin to take Cots aboard the Radish. And Henkin says he'll do it under one condition, which is that Emma is also transferred there. So that's something that I don't think is very directly in the show. Um, I think they've mentioned like a brief thing, one off that they move, but. Um, you get that scene with Wong and Fa and the kids in the Argama with the drink cups and the vending machine. Uh, that, that comes in next. That is from episode 32. Um, but then we're really going to just cut over to episode 31 of all the episodes that survive, like mostly intact. It's this one. You get like 15 minutes and it's most of the same stuff. Um, 
you know, this is the one with Sarah on the moon and the bomb and under the park and all that. Um, I'm trying to see there's, there were a couple of differences. Um, yeah, like a brief thing with the, it shows the radish leaving port and like wondering if they need to come back and help the Argama. Um, and, uh, Emma and Cots arriving on the radish. So it, it adds that in. Uh, and then you get to the stuff where they hook Sarah onto like that normal suit rack and it was new animation. And I was going, huh, I wonder why. And, um, uh, Yeah, so there's like a fighting thing. And then this scene, I really appreciated. This is why they did new animation when they put Sarah on like the normal suit rack and like lock it is uh, they show Shinta and Kum hiding in in this one. They were like hiding in the normal suits and they don't know Sarah's an enemy. So they let her go and then they show her escaping. And I was like, thank you. Thank you for actually showing this <laughs> instead of the show where she has just escaped. Um, and they're not hiding in the shower. Right. Exactly. So, um, when, when she does get away for good, uh, Requa feels like Sarah was calling to her and then she's like, must've just been my imagination. Yeah. So they, it's not a, it's not a dude. So it, it couldn't have, it had to have been her imagination. Mm -hmm. Yep. She's like, you can't catch me gay thoughts anyway. Um, now we go into the episode 32 stuff. Uh, which is again really similar, just a lot quicker. Uh, I'm, I talked about the scene with Reko and her plants, so uh, yeah, that's that's in here. Um, Yazan and Shirako and Sarah talking, mostly the same, but has new animation. They don't have the big gay energy handshake. I was a little disappointed. Um, they took that out. Oh well, that's true. Oh yeah. Uh, and then the other big difference at the end is that Axis shows up and their barrage is on everybody, not just the Titans. It's on everybody. And this actually prevents Shar from getting his third shot off with the Hyper Mega Launcher. In this one, what they have is so the Methus is the fuel tank instead of the Gilgoog, still with Rekua. Um, his first shot, he relies on the targeting computer. She doesn't have Obi-Wan Kenobi to tell him not to, and he misses, and that's why. It's not because of Shirako. Um, supposedly, or at least he's blaming the computer. And then the second one is the near miss of the bridge, and then the third one, he doesn't even get off. Um, and he mentions having a maximum of three, uh, but it's because of Axis uh, approaching. And then you get this other new scene where like the Zeta and the Hyakushiki and stuff are like lined up on the deck of the Argama, and Haman comes up in her custom um, suit and Gazasi and is like kind of like looking them over and then says something Shar like, you know, welcome you back home or something like that. Uh, and then the credits roll with the Argama sounded surrounded by all the Axis mobile suits. And um, yeah, so it's like not a save the day thing. It's like they show up and they're like, shoot everybody. That's the end. Yeah, it, it's weird energy at the very end of it. It's weird energy. Yeah, but this look, this does cut out a lot of the, like the. It's not really long enough to get a lot of the points across either. Yeah, but it does cut out some of the blah of the series. And, and it, but the big problem is if you don't know what is going on around the rest of the show, the movie makes no sense. It's hard to follow. If, if you're just watching this to be like, oh, oh, yeah, that's Zeta. 
then yeah, you're gonna get some stuff out of this. Otherwise, it's like, uh, <laughs> yeah, they, they made this to get money from people that are familiar with the show that wanted to see the new scenes, and yeah, that's that. Yeah, and I think they made money. So, yeah, you think it's worth it? It's worth it to watch. It is worth watching if you have already watched Zeta. Like, you get some, you get some new animation that looks nice of like the different ships and some of the mobile suits and things like that. Some of the, some of the extra animation that they have. At least, again, I haven't seen the third one, but it's just like some of it's just like extra scenes that that you're like, okay, whatever. But like well, the suits and stuff are nice to see. Yeah. yeah, the the second movie is is more new animation than not. The first movie is still mostly old stuff recut. Yeah, yeah. But the second one is more new than it isn't, and um, the added scenes are, you know, in in a. There's really three like added scenes of any significance, and two of them are just making things shorter, easier. Right. But then the the one with Jamitov is brand new and like a cool like bonus feature. Feels like something that would have been on an evolved disc. That's all I got. I'm tired of talking. <laughs> I, you know, watch it if uh, if you're bored one day. That's that's about what I would say for the the movies. Um, don't watch it if you haven't seen Zeta in its entirety. Uh, that's that's pretty much it. <laughs> all right. Um, well, I think that's all we have for this week. Uh, I think in in two more weeks, we'll come to you probably with 35 through 37. Uh, we'll put it in the notes later. Um, but until then, reach out to us on Twitter at New Type Flash Pod, on Reddit, on uh, the, the sub mobile suit Gundam subreddit forum thing. Uh, until then, thanks for listening.